Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 39. It may actually be found not only in your pew Bible, your red pew Bible on page 1088, but also within your bulletin. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 39. But before I read God's word, let's call upon his spirit to guide us and, and lead us in the reading and preaching of his holy word. Please join me as we pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you inspired Luke to put pen to paper so that we might have an orderly account of the life, the teachings of Jesus. We pray, O Lord, that as we read your word this morning, you might open our eyes and open our ears and open our hearts that we might be transformed at the reading and the preaching of your holy word. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your holy sight. Through your son's precious name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Luke chapter one, beginning at verse 39. Listen to the word of the Lord. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength in his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Here ends the reading of God's word. As the prophet Isaiah tells us, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Even in his mother's womb, John the Baptist is fulfilling his his prophetic call, his prophetic ministry to point others to Jesus. If anyone really wonders where life begins, it's very clear from our text in Luke that life begins in the womb. For at six months within his mother's womb, the baby John the Baptist leaps at the presence of Mary 
and the Christ child who is now in Mary's womb. For as we saw last week, Mary is visited by the angel Gabriel and she is told that she is going going to have a baby. Even though she's a virgin, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon her and she's going to give birth to this beautiful child, this baby boy. Now at this point, Mary hears this and immediately goes to Elizabeth because the angel Gabriel tells her that, that even now your relative Elizabeth is, is six months with child. And so to go confirm this, Mary goes to Elizabeth's house. It took several days to go from Nazareth to Elizabeth's house. And so by now, she's about five days pregnant. Jesus has gone from a zygote to a blastocyst. Here's a picture of a blastocyst, a human blast. Five days. I know it looks like just a small collection of cells, but life has begun to be formed inside of Mary's womb. The Savior is being made. But how did Elizabeth know that Mary was pregnant? Mary certainly wasn't showing as if she was pregnant. She was only five days pregnant. Mary had not told Elizabeth that that she was pregnant. Mary had just shown up. And yet at Mary's appearance, John the Baptist leaps in Elizabeth's womb. And Elizabeth says, blessed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Or as Eugene Peterson in the message translates this verse, you're so blessed among women, and the babe in your womb is also blessed. The ESV continues on. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, The baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. How did did Elizabeth know that Mary had believed what the angel Gabriel had told her? Mary hadn't told Elizabeth yet that the angel Gabriel had visited her. And yet Elizabeth knows. Elizabeth knows that Mary believed the message of the angel Gabriel. Elizabeth knows that Mary is now pregnant. Even John the Baptist, at six months inside his mother's womb, leaps at the presence. How is it that Elizabeth knew and and John the Baptist knew that Mary is now pregnant with the Christ child? After all, Mary was a virgin. She was betrothed to Joseph. If she was found to become pregnant, then, well, that would be scandalous in her hometown of Nazareth. That would be viewed as, as some type of sin, as if she had broken, uh, had committed adultery and, and broken her commitment to Joseph, or perhaps they had consummated the marriage before it was proper time. How is it that Elizabeth and John the Baptist know that Mary is pregnant? Let's look again at verse 41. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit who told Elizabeth that Mary had had the faith to believe what the angel Gabriel had told her. It was the Holy Spirit who, who, who told Elizabeth that Mary was now pregnant, carrying her Lord. And it was the Holy Spirit who had moved in John the Baptist, even though he was still in his mother's womb, moved in John the Baptist to leap for joy just at the presence of Mary. For as the angel Gabriel told Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, in Luke chapter 1, verse 15, this miraculous son, this prophetic son, John the Baptist, will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Are we filled with the Holy Spirit today? According to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 
chapter six, through faith in Jesus, our bodies are now a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit presides inside of our our bodies. In fact, we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, specifically verse three, that that if anyone confesses with their lips that Jesus is Lord, it's it's by the Holy Spirit. It's a work of the Holy Spirit that, that helps lead us to faith. And it's the Holy Spirit who gives us spiritual gifts that we might use for the building up of the body, the body of Christ, that we might do the work of God's kingdom. And according to Jesus in John chapter 16, it's the Holy Spirit who guides us and leads us in all truth today. As the Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 5, it's the Holy Spirit that allows us to bear fruits of the Spirit, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Are we filled by the Holy Spirit today? Are we guided by the Holy Spirit today? For Elizabeth and John the Baptist were guided by the Holy Spirit and they were filled with joy. And they cried out. And John the Baptist leapt. Are we crying out today? What song are we singing today? Now, I grew up in West Texas. I actually grew up in Midland, uh, four hours south of here. Uh, I remember playing uh, basketball for Midland Lee and I'd come play Emerald High in Tascosa and it was always snowing. And I wondered how that happened. We never had snow in Midland. Well, thinking about growing up in Midland, I know that country music is king here. It reminds me of that scene from Blues Brothers. Um, you don't have to raise your hand if you've seen that. I'll just go ahead and tell the story. But uh, Jake Elwood, Jake and Elwood uh, are two brothers, and they, they lead this little band, and they accidentally get booked for a honky-tonk. And so they show up, and, and he, Elwood asks, what kind of music do you usually have here? And the barmaid very kindly says, oh, we have both kinds. We have country and western. <laughs> That's all there is, right, in West Texas? When Jake and Elwood try to play some rhythms and blues song, uh, Give Me Some Lovin', it does not go over well. So they decide to stop that song, and they break out into the theme song of Rawhide. And everyone loves Rawhide, right? Roll them, roll them, roll them. And they find that these people have very strong preferences when it comes to music. What kind of music do you like to, to listen to? Now, I'm not a musician. I say that to Chuck regularly. I'm not a musician, but I do enjoy good music, and I'm so grateful that we have a church where normally we have three different unique styles of worship on Sunday mornings. At 8.30, we have a a gospel service with some upbeat gospel music that's led by Chuck and Brandon and Andy Chase, great, great music. And then at 11 o'clock, we have our choir that does a great job leading us in a traditional service. And then at 11.05, we have a, a wonderful contemporary service downstairs, recognizing that we all have different musical preferences, but the reality is that all of these services are, well, they're all focused on bringing glory and honor to God. And so it's a a great way to stretch your worship muscles by attending all kinds of music worship services here. After all, music is what ultimately, it speaks to our soul. It's the language of the soul. In fact, doctors are finding that music therapy is very helpful for Alzheimer's patients today. According to Alzheimer's Foundation of America, when used appropriately, music can shift mood, manage stress-induced agitation, stimulate positive interactions, facilitate cognitive function, and coordinate motor movements. This happens because rhythmic and other well-rehearsed responses require little to no cognitive or mental processing. They're influenced by the motor center of the brain that responds directly to auditory rhythmic cues. A person's ability to engage in music, particularly rhythm, playing, and singing, remains intact late into the disease process of Alzheimer's. It's the music we sing that ultimately speaks to our soul. It connects to the deepest part of who we are. 
So what song are we singing today? What song is being sung in our hearts today? Let's look at the song that Mary sang and that warm greeting that she received from Elizabeth. Mary responds by saying, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he's looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Now, most Bible scholars point out that this song that Mary sings is very similar to the song that that Hannah sung. Hannah, as you remember, in 1 Samuel was, was barren, and so she prayed to God, and God granted her prayers, and she gave birth to Samuel, one of the great prophets in the history of Israel, the prophet who anointed the first king of Israel, King Saul, and later, then later anointed King David. Mary's song is very similar to, to Hannah's song of praise and thanksgiving. But N.T. Wright, a New Testament scholar, points out that actually every line of Mary's song can be traced back to a specific psalm. A psalm of David. Mary was able to break out of this beautiful psalm because she had been trained in the school book of prayer. She had been raised on the psalm. She had grown up singing these beautiful songs to God. Psalms like Psalm 23 that remind us that the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want him. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Yes, as she sang the psalm, she was reminded time and time again, the psalms of King David, that that often begin with anger and communicate all kinds of emotions, fear, anxiety, frustration, hurt, pain, but almost always end in praise. The Lord our God, he is our rock and our refuge and ever-present help in times of trouble. King David knows from personal experience that God is faithful, and so does Mary. Notice that most of Mary's song that we find in Luke 1 is actually in the, in the past tense in English. In the Greek, uh, these verbs are actually in the aorist tense, which is usually translated as the past tense in English. But the aorist tense is really an indefinite or not completed action. Yes, it was in the past, but it hasn't yet been completed. There's an already not yet meaning to the aorist in Greek. It's something that happened in the past, but then it continues on. It's not yet fully completed. For instance, look, look at verse 54 to 55. It says, he has helped his servant Israel. That's true, that's happened in the past. God helped deliver the Israelites from the evil hand of Pharaoh by delivering them through the Red Sea. You'll remember that. He he has helped his servant Israel. Yet he's not yet finished helping Israel. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. God has helped and he continues to help the people of Israel. And Mary sings this song in the, in the first century when, when things weren't good for Israel. Israel was a conquered people. They were living under Roman rule. They had very little rights. They were being taxed and, and led by a foreign government with foreign gods. And yet Mary sings about how God has helped his servant Israel and he will continue to do so forever. For she knows this child she's carrying is going to be the Messiah. He's going to be the Savior. He is going to deliver Israel and all of God's people. And so she sings this song, admittedly in the past tense, with the confidence that, yes, it's going to happen, and it will continue to happen. There's an already not yet reality to the deliverance that Israel is going to experience. And isn't that true for you and me today? There's an already not yet reality to our own salvation. 
Yes, it's true we've already been saved by what Jesus Christ did on the cross, for he was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. As as he hung on the cross, as it says in the Gospel of John, his final words, it is finished. There's nothing more we need to add to Christ's perfect sacrifice. And then on the third day, he rose again and conquered sin and death on our behalf. And his resurrection makes it clear that he has conquered sin and death. And and all we have to do to receive this gift is simply believe. And so we were given the assurance of eternal life. But the reality is that even though our salvation has been secured, it has not yet been fully realized. Christ has not yet returned, and so we still live on this earth where, where sin and brokenness abound. And on this earth, there is great sorrow and there is great pain and great struggle. So what song are we singing to choose today? In the midst of the suffering and the brokenness of this world, where is our focus today? You know, I enjoy dancing to country western uh, music. I grew up in Midland. We did a lot of that as a kid. But if you look at the titles of some of these country songs, it's pretty depressing. (laughs) I'm so lonesome I could cry. This is another one. Waiting around to die. I fall to pieces. Remember that, Patsy Cline? There's a tear in my beer because I'm crying for you, dear. Now, I understand if you play country music backwards, you will get your wife back, your truck back, and your dog will come back to life. <laughs> Which is good news, right? What song are we singing today? What song is in our hearts today? Mary sings a song of praise because she's focused on all that God has done and will continue to do. She's focused on God and God's deliverance and his promises. She's focused on the faithful deliverance of God despite the horrible circumstances of Israel, despite her own humble circumstances. She's able to sing this beautiful song of praise that reads like a psalm because she was versed in the psalms. She spent time reading, praying, and singing the psalms. She spent time in God's word, reading, meditating, praying, believing. If we want to be led by the Holy Spirit, where we naturally bear fruits of the Spirit, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, we need to spend time in God's Word, reading, meditating, praying, and even singing God's Word. And as we sing God's Word, we're reminded time and time again that our God is our great deliverer. He is our refuge, our ever-present help in times of trouble. He is with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. That he works all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. It's as we spend time meditating, praying, and singing God's word, then with Mary we will be able to sing at the top of our lungs, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Please join me as we pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that you are a God who is with us and for us in Jesus Christ. We thank you, O Lord, that you're a God who has made yourself known to us in the gift of your Son, our Savior. We thank you, Lord, that as we read your word, we see time and time again, you are faithful to fulfill all that you have promised to us. So God, in the anxious moments of this life, may we turn to your word, may we meditate on your word, may we pray your word, and may we sing your words as Mary did as we focus our hearts and minds on you, our great deliverer. We thank you, Lord, that our salvation has been secured in Jesus Christ. And we look forward to the day when he may come again and make all things new. We pray this in the strong and precious name of your son who is the Christ and all God's people said, amen.